Chapter Sixteen of Bill Bolton and Hidden Danger by Noel Sandsbury. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perrard. Chapter Sixteen Through the Skylight. Bill bent swiftly, caught up some of the dirty linen, and flung it into the hamper. He had to pull himself together. That that was the explanation of course for slim johnson's cryptic remarks about the laundry they were coming back in an hour would they take the hamper and all yes he decided it would mean just that not even a gangster beer baron or whatever role slim johnson plays in the criminal life of this state would permit him to carry dead bodies through the public halls of a hotel without causing comment and possibly another police raid no hank was going out in the hamper how many more he wondered had travelled that route before and would travel it again like a flash the idea came to him of course it would be necessary to remove the body he went back to the bedroom and threw himself down on the chaise lounge he was tired after his long hop and felt nauseated from his experience that evening a glance at his watch showed that it still lacked a few minutes to ten o'clock he had been in gring's hotel only an hour and in that short time murder resolutely he put the thought from him and the thought of what he soon must do his eyes closed and gradually he dozed off into light slumber it was a quarter to eleven when bill awoke chimes on a church clock somewhere in the neighborhood were striking the quarter hour with a cry of annoyance he sprang to the locked door and listened no sound came from the sitting-room hastily extinguishing the bedroom lights he hurried into the bathroom and switched on a single electric bulb he began to work with feverish haste lifting the limp body of hank from the hamper rigor mortis had not yet set in he carried it to the bed removed the coat and waistcoat slipped on the jacket of the pajamas turned down the rose-colored sheet and covered the body all but the head and one arm which appeared above the coverlet in a natural position bill was trembling like a leaf when that was accomplished but the worst was over he had now only to switch off the bathroom light and take the place of hank and the clothes hamper he collected the linen he had scattered on the floor turned off the light and got into the hamper with his armful of shirts and pajamas arranging himself as comfortably as he could inside the lid was hinged and fell back upon him when he had drawn a few pieces of clothing over his head and assumed the position formerly occupied by hank he crouched half stifled in the hamper listening for ages it seemed at last the bolt of the sitting-room door clicked from within his hiding-place bill could hear almost clearly what was happening in the room there came the faint creak of a boot on the floor boards keep to the rug you fool hissed johnson's voice do you want to wake him for several minutes there was no other sound in his mind's eye he pictured the young gangster tiptoeing to the bed and looking down on the rose-colored pajamas suddenly they were beside him the hamper was dragged away from the wall lifted and let down on the tiles again holy smoke what a weight a voice whispered hoarsely shut up and come on again the hamper was lifted and carried from the room outside in the corridor it was set down for a moment while its bearers locked the door 
then the angle at which bill was being carried shifted the basket rocked slowly up and down as he descended the stairs there were a great many stairs they seemed endless twice he was set down roughly while the men paused for breath he had a desperate impulse to thrust open the lid tear away the suffocating clothes and strike out for freedom but the time was not yet he must be patient the air became cooler and he was able to breathe more freely he thought they must be in the open now the hamper was banged down again slim a voice spoke somewhere above and he and he recognized it as jake's doesn't want the bulls to get on to this you remember last time they dug up otto and raised an awful stink well what about this stiff oh hanks and luck he gets a christian burial there's one of them private family cemeteries up silvermine way hank goes in there the tools are in the car it's just too bad slim can't do his own digging growled number two not him he's got a heavy date there he is now watching from the lobby when we're out of sight he'll beat it he ain't even taking a bodyguard tonight what is it a skirt how should i know but if we don't get going he will start raising the roof get hold of this thing again she'll go on the back again bill was lifted the basket swung violently then landed with a jar that shook his bones he sensed that rope was being passed around the hamper to secure it to the back of the car there came the crisp slam of a door a continuous vibration and a violent jerk they were off at last the car was moving bill waited until he felt the automobile swerve around the corner then he thrust upward with all his might the flimsy wicker catch snapped the lid flew back and amid a cascade of soiled laundry he crawled out and dropped to the roadway an instant later he was strolling back toward the hotel his late conveyance had already disappeared around the corner swinging into the street upon which gring's hotel fronted halfway down the block he saw slim johnson run down the steps and enter a taxicab the car was headed away from him and started off directly bill at once sprinted after it hoping that the boston post road traffic would hold it up at the end of the block his hope was fulfilled the cab slowed down stopped and waited for the green light bill had just time to grasp the spare tire on the rear and take a precarious seat on the inner rim when it started up again across the post road and under the raised tracks of the new york new haven and hartford it went then into that network of mean streets between the railroad and the shore like a frightened cat up a back alley near the harbor the car slowed down and drew up before an open lot bill dropped off and hid behind a pile of rubbish slim johnson got out paid off the driver and started away at a smart pace toward the docks with his weather eye open bill followed him running swiftly across the patches of light from the street lamps and seeking the shadow the gangster followed the harbor toward the seafront wending his way among the wharves at length by the side of the pier he stopped and gave a shrill whistle bill stepped behind a small wooden hut and took a survey lying out among other vessels was the white prow of a large yacht he could just discern its lines in the dim moonlight there was a lantern at the bows and a glimmer at one or two of the portholes soon he heard the creak and dip of oars 
and could see the silver sparkle of flashing water a small boat drew into the pier slim made his way carefully down the steps disappearing from bill's view there was the rasp of an oar on stonework as the boat was pushed off bill could distinguish the man's lisping tones as he talked then the boat melted into the darkness in the general direction of the yacht for a few minutes bill gazed across the water at its outlines suddenly there was a bright flood of light upon the deck a door flung open a tall figure blocked it and the light narrowed to a slit and winked out as the door closed again while bill stood watching from the pier he would have given anything to know who the others were on board that vessel still hot with anger and horror at being forced to witness the dastardly crime and sickened with the part he had had to play later bill was not in the mood to forego an opportunity of evening things up it came to his mind that even to approach the yacht in a small boat keeping his eyes and ears open might be of some help in learning who was aboard her or perhaps yield him a clue to the truth about slim johnson's business but a small boat was not easy to procure at that time of night and in any case he did not want any inquisitive soul to know what he was doing as he walked slowly along the wharf his foot struck a rope and looking down he saw it held a small dinghy that lay in the water at the edge of the dock it probably belonged to a yachtsman who had come ashore a find if ever he needed one no time now to have any compunctions about its owner bill looked across at the yacht with its portholes showing dim glints of light and in a trice he was on his knees he slipped the knot of the rope and hurried down the wet steps the white yacht was farther out than he had thought and when he reached it he was astonished at its size and magnificence a shaft of light burst from the door where he had seen the gangster enter johnson appeared on deck and bill was actually so near that he could see the pleased expression on his smiling face the dinghy drifted under the yacht's bows and he was shut out from view but he could hear slim's feet passing along the deck and clattering down the companionway then there was the sharp slam of a door softly bill sculled along at the side of the yacht over the portholes curtains were drawn so he could see nothing of what was going on inside the moon was hidden behind clouds and it was now so dark that he nearly ran into a tiny wooden landing stage as he paused with the dinghy close under the narrow steps he could hear the clink of dishes as if a late meal was being prepared and a skylight nearby threw the sound of excited conversation out onto the deck each moment bill kept reminding himself that he ought to be getting back what if the owner of the dinghy were to appear and send angry halloos across the water still having got so far to retire without finding out what johnson was up to seemed stupid he made up his mind he would take a quick survey of the deck before moving off he slung the rope around the bottom rung of the ladder and cautiously felt his way upward the deck was empty so far as he could make out if a hand was supposed to be on watch bill could not hear or see any signs of him the large skylight came into view on deck and the shimmer of its thick glass indicated that the saloon below was lighted up bill crouched at the rail listening 
the snatches of animated talk he had heard from the water must have come from this saloon for he could see that one of the skylight windows was raised a couple of inches now he could distinguish through the opening the clear tones of two voices in particular with the utmost caution bill crawled a couple of yards forward and looked down into the saloon there was a white damask covered table with shaded lights at which sat two men busy with supper and conversation he recognized the men at once slum johnson's languid gestures emphasized his words as he directed them between sips of coffee to no less a person than zenas sanders himself with a gasp bill realized that sanders had come by plane and that this yacht must be the leader's present headquarters to go back now was out of the question he might be on the brink of a vital discovery he glanced up and down the deck still it was deserted pulling himself close to the skylight he lay listening with every muscle taut slim johnson was speaking and at first bill could not pick up the trend of his remarks but when sanders replied he realized their talk had been bearing on himself and the interview at green's hotel you're right slim said sanders young bolton has practically broken with evans all he cares about now is getting the kid back he said so over the phone well that darn indian is sure to find your hideaway sanders he's got plenty of guts and so has that parker fellow by all reports between them they'll get the boy before this yacht has a chance to reach twin heads harbor sanders laughed and shook his head in a nervous negative oh no they won't he chuckled the boy isn't up there i brought him with me at present he's sound asleep in a cabin not twenty feet from where we're sitting well that's a good one slim laughed what's the orders now we sail in two hours i want you to come along go back to the hotel now and use your gentle persuasion on bill bolton to find out where evans is we'll hold them on board until the divers have brought the stuff up from the bottom of the harbour up there then we can either make all three of them pay heavy ransoms or if they're obdurate tie them up and drop them overboard but supposing torture won't make bolton tell argued slim what shall i do with him then you aren't giving me much time to persuade him you know oh use your air-gun if you like it's all the same to me and let old evans go that's right he's tired of trying to watch us up there and that old diver of his jim something or other hasn't located the stuff yet evans thinks that he has a better bet in watching you so mind your step when you come back tonight the longer mr evans stops in stamford the better pleased i'll be okay it's a swell break and the luckiest thing about it is that he can't bring in the bulls he and his bank would pay a pretty fine if the government found out that he was taking that gold to europe in his yacht when von heimskirk captured it nice of the noble baron to sink it in twinheads harbor and then go to atlanta for thirty or forty years we may be able to blackmail evans later after he's paid his ransom and we've got away with the gold listen sanders dropped his voice and began to whisper across the table bill pressed closer to the skylight and at the same time a door clicked somewhere along the deck in a second he was crouching on hands and knees 
peering into the darkness the figure of a man swung up the companionway and paused to light a cigarette bell could see his thin swarthy face lined and scarred as the tiny flame leapt within his cupped palms the match spun overboard in a luminous curve and hissed into the water then the man began to walk slowly along the deck toward bill End of chapter 16